Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph, the infant, lying in a manger. They saw this. They made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel, before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. First, a quick announcement. Uh, Today, the first day of the year, Mother Church, desiring that all be saved, um, gives what's called a plenary indulgence. She makes one available to us. That is total forgiveness of temporal punishment. So we can understand that a little bit better. When we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, we are forgiven of what's called eternal punishment, meaning that when we give God our sins and he forgives and reconciles us to himself, we no longer are do hell for our sins. But there's still a thing called temporal punishment, meaning our sins still have an effect on us in time, and they still need to, there still needs to be some reparation done and healing within us. So the church recognizes too like that that healing can either happen now or it can happen like when we pass to God. What we know as purgatory, that place of being purged so that we may be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect and enter into the fullness of his life. Again, the church gives us the opportunity to do away with that today and receive, again, forgiveness of all temporal punishment. Or... For one of our loved ones who's passed away, we can also offer that plenary indulgence for them. So they may, if they're in purgatory, pass into eternal life. How does one receive this? The following are the requirements. That we be in the state of grace today, meaning having no unconfessed mortal sin. And two, we're supposed to like have a hatred for sin. Even our venial sins. Like we don't want to do them. And then we are supposed to go and within 20 days receive absolution and sacramental reconciliation through sacramental confession. Today we would receive our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy Eucharist, again, in that state of grace. And then the last two are that we publicly pray for the Pope and his intentions with an Our Father and a Hail Mary. And then lastly, on this first day of the secular year, we invoke the Holy Spirit into our lives and pray the prayer known as the Veni Creator Spiritus, or what we know as Come Holy Ghost. Today, because like the only two things I care about is loving God and loving neighbor, you, and making sure that you get to heaven, I want you to have that opportunity to receive that plenary indulgence. And so we'll basically do all those things today, right? We're going to pray the Our Father in the Mass. And so my encouragement now is already stir your heart to be like, God, this is what I offer it for, that I may be forgiven of all my temporal punishment, or again, my loved one, who's in, maybe in purgatory, who's passed. We pray the Our Father in Mass. We know we say the Hail Mary at the end of Holy Mass. And two, right before the final blessing, 
We're all going to open our gather hymnals, and we're going to sing, Come Holy Ghost, Creator Bless, so that we may be able to receive, again, the, from the treasury of what Christ and the saints and our Mother Mary have, again, provided for us. If today is one of those days where you might leave early, I encourage you, while that always hurts you because you're depriving yourself of grace if you leave Mass early, today especially is a day where you don't want to because God has so much for you, more than we can really comprehend. With that, let's start to try to comprehend even more so the sacred mysteries that we encounter today. So let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, the church celebrates two mysteries. Today, on the eighth day of Christmas, the eighth day being very important, right? It's a day of new creation. We recognize that Jesus Christ does not rise from the dead on the seventh day. He doesn't rise on the Sabbath that Jewish people knew. No, he rises on the Sunday, the eighth day. This is why we as Christians come to Holy Mass on Sunday, the day that Christ made new, where he reformed like the whole world, reordered it. On this eighth day, we see a foreshadowing of what he, will co he comes to do. On this eighth day, God made man already begins to spill his blood for love of us. On this day, as is referenced in our sacred, our second reading, the Son of God, the God who was outside of time, who had no body, who took to himself a body, like he was circumcised. He became, chose to become one of the people of Israel, to enter into the story of that family of misfits. He enters into it, puts himself, as St. Paul says, under the law. So that why? So that he, having shed for the first time his most precious blood, the first time for us, so that, as St. Paul says, those who were under the Mosaic law, and not just them, thanks be to God, us, may be ransomed, may be redeemed, may become adopted children of God, and now, because of baptism, may call out to God as Father, not just Creator, but Father, Abba. This not only is the blessing that we ponder today, which is referenced in our first reading, that we may be blessed by God, but in fact, again, we ponder that we get something even greater than what the Israelites got from Aaron, the priest, in the Old Covenant. We, dear beloved, like we have the blessing of communing with God of being in total union with him. Why and how? Because again, the Son of God, humbling himself, the one who was with the Father before there was time, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, chose in utter humility and love for us to be incarnate by the Virgin Mary and become man. This is what we continue to celebrate within the octave of Christmas. We continue to celebrate it on this eighth day. And that's also why on this eighth day we celebrate Mary, the Theotokos, Mary, the God-bearer. What we say of Mary is always to help us understand what we actually believe of Christ. That because of her little yes as a little like 13 or 15-year-old girl, like God became man. By our yeses, God can do great things. And by her yes, thanks be to God, God has taken on flesh. God can now bleed for love of us. God can offer sacrifice so that we may be redeemed. And we not, not just be redeemed, we may be one with him. This is huge that God became man. 
It transforms, in fact, our first reading entirely. Because that first reading, again, which was, which was about like how Aaron, Aaron and his descendants, who were the, the priests of the old covenant in the temple, like Moses saying, this is how you pray for people. You invoke a blessing upon them. And what's one of those blessings that's there? Like, may God's face shine upon you. We all know, we all, we all get a bit of what that means. That's like a nice way, an old-timey way of saying, like, may you receive God's blessings. But what we ponder today, the, the mystery, the reality we counter today, is that because of Mary's yes, no longer is that a sweet saying. Now God has a face. God has a human face. Just like all you mothers out there have like, or any fathers too, when you had your newborn infant, you stared at them lovingly when they're in their crib, and you looked at that sweet little face, and you loved it, and you cherished it. Now God has a face, and Mary and Joseph looked upon that face of God, and Mary in the hidden life of Christ for those 30 years looked upon her son, watched him grow in wisdom, age, and grace, this God who would condescend to come down to us to show us now truly a face. He has come, he has smiled, he has cooed, he has done all that again, and he's grew for 33 years, his face as well. Truly, he who is the light of the world, his face shone upon others, upon the world, upon people, those who were hurting. Now, lest we become jealous, dear family, let us remember, we have something better. We have something better. 2,000 years ago, yes, people could see the physical face of Jesus Christ, see the physical face of God made man, but we again have something better. He can physically enter into us. He can dwell in us. He can tabernacle in our hearts, in our midst, and we can commune with him. This is something far, far greater as scripture says, a grace upon grace, we have been blessed. And for those who are still, still saying, like, Father, I, but I want to see his face. Dear family, remember, you do. There is a reason why that the ancient Israelites, that manna that they kept in the tabernacle, that they kept in the temple, was not just referred to as the manna. It was referred to as the bread of the face. We recognize as Catholics, and especially during this Eucharistic revival, that when we encounter the Eucharist, when we encounter Jesus Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity, we look upon the face of God. And he looks upon us. When we are aching, when we are struggling, when our heart cries out to see him, to know him, to be loved by him, I hope in this new year what you will do Besides running to confession, besides, again, hopefully, yes, coming to daily mass, but I hope you will go to that adoration chapel. And I hope you will be there. And you will be still. And you will adore. And you will look upon him face to face and let him look at you in the face and love you. Please, 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 come. Let us adore. That is what we say at Christmas. May it be true of not just at Christmas, oh come let us adore him, but may it be a thing we do all year long to look upon our God face to face. If you desire to grow in that, 
if you desire to grow in that love, to adore God, to treasure up all that he has for you, my encouragement, as we're reminded by the church today, is to go to Mary. To go to Mary, to go to the God-bearer. Not only did she bore him, bear him in her womb, but she bore him in her heart always. She treasured up, as is said in the gospel. She collected everything. She let these ponder in her heart. She pieced them all together so she could more deeply love him. She, not, she could not only love her son, but as well her God and her Savior. If you want to grow closer to Jesus this year, grow closer to Mary, the human person who loved him best, the human person who loved the Father the best, the human person who loves the Holy Spirit the best. If you want a more perfect and loving relationship with our God, turn to Mary. Pray the rosary every day. Take her by the hand. Let her take you by, like by hers. Meditate upon those mysteries. Ponder like Christ's life as you read scripture, as you pray those mysteries, so that she may introduce you to Christ more deeply, so that she may unlock for you the treasures of what she pondered in her heart all her life so that she may help you come to know him more deeply and as well to receive the love that he has for you so that you may ultimately grow, go deeper in the reality, in the grace upon grace that we have, that we can see God face to face in the Eucharist and more importantly, that we can commune with the God, the God of the universe, but also the God who loves us so much to not leave us as creatures, but who wants to make us part of his family makes us sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. May we turn to Mary if we, so that we can love Christ all the more in this new year. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for